0: This is John Bailey, the epic voice of Honest Trailers, and you're listening to the 5-ish Fangirls Podcast. It's a Fangirls Podcast with 5-ish people. The Tangents and Squee will continue. Squee.
1: And just as we continue all the way to episode 407 of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. It's being here now. That's important. There's no past and there's no future. Time is a very misleading thing. All there is ever is the now. We gain experience from the past, but we can't relive it. And we can hope for the future, but we don't know if there is one. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Five Ish Fangirls Podcast. So, like, Let's start off like a door with a virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Brittany Bavrio. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, everybody. Yay.
2: Oh, making
1: this like I was saying. I've been forty for two days, and I'm falling apart. Ah! (laughs) Oh, but uh, thank you, everyone, for all the uh, birthday wishes and messages and all the shenanigans that come with becoming a year older. (laughs) (laughs) Greatly appreciate it. Um, you're
3: welcome
1: (laughs) chauncey is work is going to work this week on um taking my present and uh Uh making it in a way that i could share it with everybody so um so you can see um the 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 vr experience that he created for it. it was really cool it was like this huge world that he built and there were different three theme sections and there's music and easter eggs and stuff hidden and it's completely populated with videos and pictures and letters and all sorts of stuff from friends and family and you guys are all in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people we know are in there. Sean nice. apparently needed to point out the fact that he was on a cruise three different times. Uh, <laughs> so. Good old shot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> at least he wasn't um, at Disney.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're uh, excited for y'all to see the um, the uh, celebrity messages. Uh, that are are included uh some very familiar faces oh boy (laughs) uh so i got uh birthday greetings uh from uh leslie boone who played rose on agent carter nice who it took me a second to recognize her because when you're the 1940s get up does make a difference on how someone looks <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the um, hair makeup all that yeah. The, yeah the hair the makeup the clothes and everything so i was like she looks so familiar <laughs> um let's see so leslie boone uh daphne ashbrook Ooh, nice. dr grace holloway from the doctor who tv movie um terry Malloy. <laughs> nice. Wow. Who is trying to recruit me to become part of the, the Dalek Empire? Uh, <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. uh, of course, Colin Baker. Again. Oh. Again. Yay. Yeah. But of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, uh, Sylvester McCoy. Oh,
0: sweet. Ooh, Played the spoons good. for oh, me.
1: Oh, cool. Uh, It's a very niche. Chauncey did admit that this was more for him (laughs) than for me. There's a guy on social media. I don't know if he's like on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. He goes by the name Stale Cracker. Uh Uh-huh. And he's this guy in Louisiana that makes... He's a Louisiana chef. but he's The character that he's created is like this really like backwoods, like... Redneck character. Yeah, with the really heavy, you know, backwoods of the swamp Louisiana accent. Mm-hmm. He may it like I can't eat Louisiana food. I have tried and it, it, it's just turned out very badly for me. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Chauncey loves it. Um, but he's got like his own line of like sauces and seasonings and stuff, and he makes amazing food but he's created this persona that goes with it um, you mm. know so so yeah i got a, a message from Steelcracker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very niche people are going to be like who um you either do you either know who it is or you don't um and then uh billy boyd <laughs> oh nice <laughs>
3: woohoo uh,
1: Duke.
3: nice Duke. yes
2: who love a took oh. Throw yourself inside. No, don't throw. It. Don't throw yourself in yep. yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I can't
1: wait yes. to see it. Yeah, me mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So.
2: not see you outdid yourself.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was trying to do. Oh yes. So. I think he succeeded. So. Mm-hmm.
2: I believe you are right.
1: Yeah, but mm-hmm. it was a. Uh, it was a it was a good it was a good time, oh, and we're not quite done celebrating either. So that's the fun part. So yay! Hey, it's
3: birthday month, not birthday yes. day. Birthday,
1: not birthday week. Birthday month. That's 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 pretty much how <laughs> I'm taking it. There you go. Uh, well, so, that is very cool. They do. tuned, yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah.
2: Chauncey sent us messages and said, Hey, send me yeah. something for Rachel's birthday. To keep it a
3: surprise. I'm like, Okay. Mm. Okay. And, yeah. And then, of course, mine, he's just like, uh, You're going to have to resend it. For some reason, I didn't like your cell phone number. I'm like, Oh, crap. Quick resend. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, and you guys were on vacation.
1: I'm just like, Oh, please, oh, please don't let her see this. Yeah. No, he did a very good job about not <laughs> me not seeing anything. So oh, good. Yeah. It was uh uh an accomplishment all in itself. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just keeping things a surprise, let alone building the darn thing. So yeah. And that is very cool. Yeah. So uh so yeah. So I look forward to uh to sharing that eventually so all right well let's do Zen News we've got uh, some more guest announcements coming out of PopCon so uh, for you Gilmore Girls fans
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, coming to Louisville uh, Scott Patterson who played Luke Yep. uh so you can uh
3: bother him guess, for coffee
1: <laughs> ask him for, uh, ask him about <laughs> coffee uh among other things uh so uh yeah uh and then uh coming to indie he was also in gilmore girls but you know kind of just depends on where your your tastes lie uh so from gilmore girls slash the D DC, s the dcu slash the mcu sean gunn <laughs> nice <laughs> it's like you know, gilmore goals fans are gonna be like yeah. and then the rest of us are like he's james gunn's brother so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he's that guy yes uh-huh. yep i'm uh Quickly collecting ravag apparently Ravagers uh autographs. <laughs> so should well, be exciting good time. So yeah. Yep. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about just getting back into convention season anyway. So I got all sorts of stuff I'm working on and brainstorming with other people for shenanigans. So shenanigans are always fun yep it's gonna mm-hmm. be it's gonna be a it's gonna be convention season so <laughs>
2: here you go buckle up yeah. folks yep um,
1: how many cosplays do you have planned out oh my goodness <laughs> how many i've planned <laughs> way too many how many am i gonna get done probably none of them uh <laughs> isn't that how that always goes <laughs>
3: yeah
1: so uh and then award season Uh, which usually this would be the last award ceremony before the academy awards but as we mentioned the schedule's a little wonky this year so we're having the BAFTAs before the SAG awards so BAFTA awards were yesterday across the pond um really I I don't think anybody should be surprised to talk about this in the in the in the chat because Nick mentioned, you know, because all Quiet on the Western Front walked away mm-hmm. with like a crap ton of awards. And I was like, well, clean sweep, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's yeah. the BAFTAs, and if there's not a like necessarily a strong British film for them to give it to, they're going to go with like the next closest European country. Yep. So also,
2: also World <laughs> War One is. How, how how do I how do I say this without sounding dumb and American or whatever? It was, it was kind like of a, a big cool deal world.
1: across the pond. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of a big deal for like Britain and 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 just Europe in general. I mean, yeah. I mean, the U.S. participated, but it wasn't like like in World War II we had Pearl Harbor that that, that got us into it. And right. so so I could see where a, a, a film about World War One. I, I mean, it was still a big deal here, but not to the extent that it was over in Europe. So I could see where they would be like, oh yeah, it's this is, and I still I still want to see it, but I haven't yet because, oh my gosh, when am I going to get to the theater? Uh, well, right. that one's on Netflix.
1: Yeah. Oh, is it so, okay? Well, never mind then. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, but it is in German, so it's closed cap. It's it's captioned. Well, I I watch. I Although watch it's Japanese a war film, movie, I think it's kind of I think it's probably kind of easy to keep up with. Like it's a personal library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, and for the, yeah. and if you've read the book, I'm sure it's pretty close to the. Or if you've hmm, seen the the 1930s version, the, right, the right. one best picture back in the day, so it's it's yeah. the same story, right? So,
2: but it's like, oh, you know, how did they do it this time? But yeah,
1: yeah. So it's this. They have bit, They big have more role. money for special effects than they did in the 30s. <laughs> yep, that's a thing. Yep. So
2: yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that 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 doesn't that doesn't fully surprise me that that's uh
1: that, that happened. Yeah, yeah, so all quiet on Western Front one best film, best film not in the English language because <laughs> yes, it is in German. Uh best director, best adapted screenplay um the race between Kate blanchett and michelle Yeoh is still going strong for best That's leading actress be a, that one's gonna be a coin flip i think yeah so best leading actor i think is still kind of all over the place mm-hmm. could be interesting Um, uh, angela bassett did not go walk away with best supporting actress for black panther but it did go to Uh, Carrie Condon, who's in the Banshees of Innisfarin, which is a British film, so they're gonna give it to the local gal. Mm Uh,
0: because
1: both supporting roles went (laughs) to the people. Original score all quiet on the Western Fronts, cinematography, uh, everything everywhere all at once when editing. So, yeah all quiet and western front best sound (laughs) so yeah like yeah take that for how you will as you're planning your uh your oscar predictions but we also still have one more award ceremony to go yep so is that this coming week or next week? Yeah, this this coming Sunday is the is okay. the uh, SAC Awards. So gotcha. And it will, then it will be time to start locking in those picks. Yeah. So there is that. Um, and then uh, Gallifrey One was over the weekend, and they use that as an opportunity to announce a. Crap ton of names of voices we're going to be hearing in Big Finish's big 60th anniversary special audio. <clears throat> so, my pocket already, book is having happy quivers yeah, of like, pain, but yeah, we already knew that all we <laughs> well, already I also knew had a big sale, too. The, so. mm-hmm. Yeah, we already knew that all of the living doctors from Tom Baker through David Tennant are going to appear in it so there's that uh not really a surprise there mm-hmm. um but we're going to have uh 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 steven noonan is going to be voicing the first doctor michael troughton will be voicing the second doctor uh and then trim tim Trillar as the Trellar, third yeah. doctor He's um, doing... also yeah, yeah. And then we also, it also is going to have the final performance of David Warner as the Unbound Doctor. And then we're also going to have Michelle Gomez as Missy. Georgia Tennant as Jenny, the Doctor's daughter. <laughs> Camille Codry as Jackie Tyler. Nev McIntosh as Batam Vastra. Katrin Stewart as Jenny Flitt. Dan Starkey as Strax. Sadie Miller as Sarah Jane Smith. Christopher Naylor as Harry Sullivan. <laughs> so uh yeah it was stacked yeah <laughs> and, it, and it even says with many more guest stars yet to be announced <laughs> like really yeah, they Big were... finish, you already had us at 60, 60th anniversary audio right and it could have <laughs> just been like the doctors reading the phone book Right, and would have been like shut up and take my money. So it's like, really, do, do mm-hmm. you, what more do you need to say that to entice people? If you don't have them at this yeah. point, you're not getting them, right? In my humble opinion. <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> well, they still just need to get they, they. Someone's waiting on that random Dalek number six in the background. Like, oh, but I want to. <laughs> I want if I if that person isn't cast then I'm not buying it at all
4: yeah maybe
2: <laughs> I am joking of course but
1: yeah, plenty were, plenty it seemed cheap. like they
2: were It seemed like they had a pretty big contingent of big Finnish people at that galley so it seemed like yeah, they were using they usually
1: it. do so yeah. that was the case for the year I went to Chicago TARDIS as well so
2: yeah well like they they have like like I get the newsletter and they had like oh here's a sale of of audios featuring people who are at Gally right now and I'm like
1: yeah well, and usually like Michael okay. High Ellery is usually at the at these things so
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's
2: it's, it's
1: good yeah yeah That's uh, that is really it for see the... News. I know Disney just had like a shareholders meeting or something, and they announced a whole bunch of stuff. But as we have learned, just because stuff gets it out doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. Right. So, mm-hmm. Actually, I'll do you one better. Put it, write it in chalk on the chalkboard yeah. Because yeah, I mean they've <laughs> even gone to yeah, like when they've gone to the point of like making like cool like teasers and then something not happening like they did with What's Her face that was supposed to be doing the x-wing series um you know it's like um i'm gonna wait until like there's an actual like release date potentially and even then you write these things in pencil because as we just saw the marvels got moved to november so
2: and they thought we wouldn't notice
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it's so funny it's like oh here have
2: a poster and everyone's freaking out like wait this date is not what you said before yeah and this is like what <laughs> the fourth time they've moved the date back mm-hmm. this is like yep yeah it's the fifth date they've had
3: something does like, not look oh, right down this poster oh i know what it is yeah
2: like oh, okay guys well here we go
1: yeah we should just start making posters without any dates on them tdd <laughs> right <laughs> It'd just be like releasing at a theater near you. Yeah. Eventually. In the future. Sure. So. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. That's why we write everything in pencil, children. (laughs) Like, this is all just getting very silly. Yep. Oh well, yeah, well, but wasn't not in uh in pencil and is actually out for you to uh partake in is the latest episode of Gold Standard has that for a segue nice one Uh, (laughs) so Gold Standard number seventy talking about Titanic with Chrissy
2: yes I was on Gold Standard partially I missed recording this last week because I had a cold and I was like I need to save my voice for gold standard because I am not missing talking about Titanic because I'm a bit of a amateur Titanic historian and uh yeah there were some some uh, some um uh, historical discussion that I interjected because as as much as I do like the movie more or less I mean we we, we definitely criticized um major parts of it but I'm like yeah, and the historical part is this was wrong, and this mm-hmm. was and this was an unfair characterization, and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, and then I then I ended up sending Nick like here's a whole list of documentaries and books and other things I recommend if you want to go if you want to fall down this rabbit hole with me because there is there is a boatload tons. <laughs> there's, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a plethora. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. so much that you could that you could look at, and for some reason yeah. that's just I that's my shit. So
1: anyway, oh no, we we, we do the same thing anytime we anytime we get into some, one of these movies that has real life historical, oh yeah, backgrounds, implications that's... to it. So yeah, no, that's that's yeah. that's totally totally cool. So yeah. but, but
2: I had a good time. It is, and,
1: uh... Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's another Whopper. It's another four hour podcast episode. I'm really surprised it did not go longer. Actually. <laughs>
2: yeah well we were getting to it we were like I was looking at the clock and I was like oh we're only on our like second or third part of this uh but yeah I was yeah when, when, when we when we scheduled this and uh, I was telling Jared it's like okay you know we need, I need you home to watch the kids and then then like he's there and he's like how much longer are you gonna be I'm like uh a while
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> TBD
2: <laughs> pretty much but but it was but yeah, yeah. But it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. as as always, my my visits to the Gold Standard Theater are uh, it it's it's fun. So. Mm-hmm. so, thanks again for having me. You're welcome. So, yeah, check that out wherever you get your
1: podcast. Hmm. Well, all right. Moving on to feedback just a little bit of feedback from chelaine she says it's funny that both indiana jones three and tim Birds batman came out the same year in 1989 and years later this year both harrison ford and michael keaton are coming back to reprise their characters in new films
3: (sighs) yeah she's got a point (laughs) she's not wrong (laughs) i didn't put that together
1: Yep. That is is funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've
2: been seeing that. Shalane,
1: you are always up on the trivia. Yes, she is. Fountain of knowledge, she is. Which is good because I'm 40 now and it's all downhill from here. So, (laughs) kidding. So they tell us. Yep. Oh my! Well, moving on to this week's main topic. Somebody else that, uh, unfortunately, is no longer with us, but mm-hmm. he still has a birthday coming up. Yes, later this later this week. Actually, he would have been eighty mm-hmm. if he was still with us. But uh, yeah, that is our uh, time to focus on. The man sometimes called the Quiet Beetle, Uh George Harrison. Yep. So yes, his birthday is the twenty fifth of February. So, but uh, George, uh, we're gonna we'll do his early life. Obviously, the Beatles era we've touched upon. <laughs> multiple mm-hmm. times oh, either yeah. by talking about the albums or we've already talked John and Paul so a lot of that will be repeating um, mm-hmm. but I honestly I think George's post-Beatle life is extremely fascinating.
3: Oh my goodness yeah I mean yeah. all the stuff that he did I mean and very eclectic oh, yeah. oh boy howdy yes yeah. Listening to
1: a few of the Spotify playlists is like wow yep. yeah <laughs> yeah so uh george harrison that's that's his given name that's the name he's born with born in liverpool of course uh youngest of four children uh his parents harold and louise uh his father was a bus conductor who had worked as a ship steward on the white star line as that connection <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> and louise was a shop assistant uh so he had one sister louise um who just actually recently passed away um and then two brothers harold and peter which harold is still alive as we're recording this his brother peter passed away in 2007 um so um but according to um Patty Boyd, who was George's first wife, um, George's mother was really into music and very supportive. Um, She just wanted her kids to be happy. And in George's case, it was making music and she was like, awesome. And she loved music herself. Apparently she would sing at home very loudly to the point (laughs) where um, neighbors could hear her. (laughs) (laughs) now did she have a good voice it doesn't say it just says louise was an enthusiastic music fan and she was known among friends for her loud singing voice which at times startled visitors by rattling the harrison's windows
2: (laughs) okay well it doesn't say they shattered the it shattered the windows so maybe it's okay yeah (laughs) i'm just thinking like you know if your neighbor is a good singer and she sings a lot and it's pleasant to listen to, maybe that's not that
1: big a deal. Yeah. Well, and then apparently when she was pregnant with George, every Sunday she would listen to the weekly radio broadcast of Radio India. Oh. So even in utero, George was exposed to like sitars and mm-hmm. other types of Indian music because she hoped that it would bring peace and calm to the baby that was within her. I think it may have worked. More ways than one, actually. (laughs) George Harrison's sister Louise, who is with me here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's a lot of fun. I know it, I know it. It's a privilege now. You grew up in Liverpool and as the eldest child with George and two other brothers, when did you notice that George had musical talent? I didn't. Really?
0: <laughs> well, I had already uh, gotten married and moved away from home. I'd been
1: in Canada, South America, and had moved to the United States by the time I ever saw him play a guitar. He first got interested in music. I think my mum told me that there was, um, I think, a TV show with uh, Elvis Presley in Britain at one time. And George saw this, he was about 14, and he saw all the girls screaming. <laughs> and he said to mom, hey, mom, do you think maybe you could buy us a, a guitar for
3: me? Because I think I could do that kind of job.
1: I love it. That's <laughs> so awesome. That's, that's kind of how it started. Wow. <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, so uh, for, uh, for the first four years of his life, they lived at, in a house on a cul-de-sac. Um, it was not anything fancy it had an outdoor toilet uh, and a coal fire to help ha- he's, heat the home so uh, but then they were offered a council house and moved to it um, and then starting at age five George started primary school um, and then went in high school went to the Liverpool Institute High School for Boys um which the institute did offer music courses but none of them included guitars which was george's favorite uh because he was a huge fan uh he was a huge fan of all sorts of of artists um you know he loved artists like cab calloway and hoagie carmichael and carl perkins um You know, uh, obviously Elvis was a big influence. Um, So yeah, that got him into rock and roll. Uh, Slim Whitman. Uh, So he really, but he really, really loved guitars and really wanted to go into a career involving music. And his father was not quite as supportive as mom, but relented and bought George his first. Uh, guitar, which was a Dutch Eggman flat top acoustic, which at the time cost three pound ten. Uh, which in twenty twenty three money is about ninety pounds. Uh, and then one of his friends taught him how to play. Um, and that's where he formed the his first group, the a skiffle group called the Rebels, with his brother Peter and a friend, named Arthur. Um and uh when he wasn't in his skiffle group of course you know he was still going to school and uh he had to take the bus to school and it just so happened that uh the same bus route that he took and same bus that he took uh because they were both going to the same place the liverpool institute high school for boys he met a fellow student named paul mccartney Uh, And, of course, we know uh, Paul and John formed their own skillful group called the Quarrymen. Uh, Paul encouraged George to audition. John felt George was too young because George was only 15 at the time. Um, Paul encouraged George to audition again. This time, Uh, John was way more impressed with george's talent um and then eventually became a permanent member of the quarry men he ended up dropping out of school at 16 <laughs> uh and uh it was in the in the beatles you know eventually the quarry men became the beatles um their first, uh, you know, we all know about their their trips to to Germany to do gigs. Their first time they went to Hamburg, uh, had to end early because George was deported for being too young to work in the nightclubs. Yep, oh. dang that birth certificate. <laughs> yep, but we know that that didn't that didn't stop them. Eventually, Brian Epstein oh. became their manager. Blah 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 blah. We know. Oh, we okay. know the history of the beatles at, at this point the ed sullivan show all these things um you know george got his first solo writing credit on um their second album with the beatles which included uh, george's tune don't bother me mm-hmm.
0: since she's been gone i want the not the same
1: but to play it's plain to see so go- George was also the one to help expose the rest of the guys to other types of music cuz George was just like I mean all the guys loved music and loved performing but George was just like obsessed mm-hmm. with discovering any and every type of music he could get his hands on.
4: Uh, so he
1: was the one who introduced him to things like soul and even Indian classical music. And, uh, you know, he was the one that, you know, uh, introduced him the, to artists like The Birds and Bob Dylan. And of course, they ended up meeting Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan and introduced him to pot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but so yeah so that'll, that that allowed him to expand into other sounds like folk rock um you know norwegian wood has a sitar um you know in it which is on rubber soul um he uh apparently one point George called rubber soul his favorite beatles album um revolver has three george songs on their tax man love you too and i want to tell you so yeah that uh really um you know helped them get the sounds that we're used to in the back half of the the beatles um catalog you know sitars and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so um and then even as the Beatles were coming to the end, but still trying to make stuff, George was already off doing some of his own things. Um, he actually um, yeah obviously they they took the the infamous trip to India together uh-huh. um, so uh yeah george became good friends with bob dylan uh uh, of course we saw in the let it be documentary george quit the beatles for 12 days (laughs) yep um but still yep yep Uh, not the first one though no uh ringo was actually the first person to quit and then come back so um but uh you know, George is uh becoming friends with other artists. Uh, Eric Clapton plays guitar oh, yeah. on while my while my guitar gently weeps. Mm-hmm. So And that
3: Clapton Harrison relationship is rather interesting, let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Spoilers we'll get to that mm-hmm. Um uh of course Abbey Road includes Here Comes the Sun and Something. Yep. Um, which Something is the Beatles' second most covered song after yesterday. Um I'm Frank surprised. Sinatra Frank Sinatra dubbed something as the greatest love song of the past 50 years. In fact, he recorded it twice. Uh-huh. Once in 1970 and again in 1979. That says a lot, especially from someone like Sinatra. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right. Attracts me like no other lover. Something in the way that she woos me. Don't want to leave her now. Better believe
0: than how. somewhere in her smile she knows
1: yeah which helped uh you know george get uh have a song you know place really high on the charts uh for you blue which was uh coupled with uh the long and Windy road became george's second chart topper um he he like and he wasn't in the studio, and he wasn't like busy like meditating. He was just writing and writing yeah. and writing and writing music, uh, and like at least some of it ended up in the Beatles catalog. Um, so um, it and actually before the Beatles ever officially broke up, George actually recorded and released two solo albums. Called "Wonderwall" music and electronic sound, which were mo- mostly instrumental, mostly instrumentals. Um, lot again, a lot of Indian influences, um, a lot of uh, you know experimentation with things like synthesizers and and the like. So, but "Wonderwall" music was technically the first solo album released by Beatle Um. So and that was before they'd actually broken up. So, mm-hmm. um, but then of course, you know, by the the by 1970, technically the Beatles were over, even if legally they were not. the The band was done. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but that didn't leave George sitting around on his laurels. Mm-hmm. Um because he ended up doing a brief tour of Europe with the group Delaney and Bonnie and Friends um which included uh Eric Clapton <laughs> Bobby Whitlock and Jim Gordon on the drums <laughs> so um uh George played slide uh George would play slide guitar which is where he got the inspiration to write My Sweet Lord which would become his first single as a solo artist <laughs> Uh, and then he released his like his biggest album and like first kind of solo tr- like you know more traditional album with singing and stuff as opposed to the experimentals that he released before with all things must pass which was yeah. a triple album oh yeah the two discs are are music the third is just uh mm-hmm. outtakes of him jamming with his friends yep. mm-hmm um but that and has that iconic yeah, cover <laughs> yeah and it has songs like my sweet lord what is life it was co-produced by phil Spector, which that's a thing uh <laughs> yeah uh, um but yeah, it is, it is, it is rather iconic and the, the cover is, is rather iconic. Um, and it has, and it has lots of musicians, his, all of his friends, including Ringo, Eric Clapton, Gary Wright, Billy Preston, um, you know, the, ba- the group Badfinger. Oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> So, uh, it's, it's, it's just, you know, one of those, uh, one of those uh one of those albums you know Mm -hmm. um and what's interesting is in 1971 george was sued for copyright infringement over my sweet lord right oh because it sounds similar to the 1963 chiffon's hit he's so fine a united states district court her, you know, it was taken to court in 1976. George claimed that he that, you know, if he did, he never deliberately plagiarized. And the judge ruled in the chiffon's favor because, uh, whether whether it was deliberate or not, uh, George had plagiarized subconsciously, and that was enough. (sighs) Like you have any control over what your subconscious does.
2: Right. You're a mind reader, so therefore <laughs>
1: Therefore you should have known better. I know.
3: And it must uh. have been and it must have been real slight, cause
1: uh, i know because i've heard the song he's so fine and i like i mean i am like musically dumb i can't carry a tune in a bucket uh-huh. i can't read music i can't write music i i if i sing it's off key i know it is but it doesn't stop me in the shower in the car uh-huh. um but i like i have listened to he's so fine and i don't hear it like Neither. it's not it's not like maybe a little bit but not enough to be like yeah that was totally plagiarized here, here's yeah
3: lately it's, it's not like kids rock all summer long sweet home alabama i mean that's pretty it's so fun do-lang, 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 do-lang. she were mine do-lang, do-lang.
1: Yeah.
0: that's pretty bad. You know,
1: like, or like vanilla ice, you know, plagiarizing right. queen. You know, right. it's yes. like yes. Mm-hmm. very
3: obvious. This one,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Please I, show me I, the I,
3: evidence.
1: I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't really hear it. So uh-uh. yeah. But that that <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a musical expert, so whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh
2: also also where he was you know part of the Beatles it's like ooh money you got yeah, money. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going to just it's do like, this and yeah let's toss this to the wall and to the judge and let's see if it sticks and we get some money <laughs>
1: Mhm exactly exactly So but I just like cuz like we've seen some of these like plagiarism uh, oh yeah, music Alan like Thick, things before, yeah, Marvin like Gay. Alan Thicke and Vanilla Ice and mm-hmm. all this, and it's like, yeah, like there's no way, like you could definitely hear the, the 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 similarities or the obvious left as much as Vanilla Ice was like, no, I put an extra in there, like, dude, whatever, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Try again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you think that's gonna fly, I got a bridge just here to, to sell yeah.
3: and a nice mirage in a desert somewhere. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it gets it um, gets tricky. Yeah.
1: Good grief, guys. Yeah. So, but uh yeah, whatever. You know, George was George being George and being the thing is it's like it's like so many of these things are just like yeah we're gonna get to some other things that happen to george's life and it's just like his his devout like hinduism is very much like eh, that's life man you know it happens yep it is what it (laughs) is it's just the approach he takes to like everything so it's like he gets sued and whatever in the meantime he's busy doing things like the concert for bangladesh Right. and Uh, In 1971. And then he does a
3: song called This Song, which I think kind of refers to it, and then I think a Sue You song. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like, okay. I mean, he's got a sense of humor. He's got a sense of humor about it. So, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so he does the the concert for Bangladesh in in 1971, uh, teaming up with Ravi uh, Shankar. Um you know obviously in the 70s benefit concerts were a huge thing you know we got farm aid and live aid and then we got this and uh so it was held at madison square garden and uh it was uh, essentially to raise aware international awareness and fund relief for refugees from east pakistan <laughs>
0: Ravi Shankar's idea. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do something like this and he was talking to me and telling me about his concern for the thing and asking me if I had any suggestions. Then, after half an hour, he talked me into being on the show. And so, I, once I decided I was going to go on to the show, then um, that was it. You know, I just had to try and get a band together and set up, I organise the things with a little help from my friends from Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it, it just snowballed. And the whole thing was thought of and planned and executed all within about four weeks. Yeah. We wanted yeah. to ensure that we could do the concert and nobody would think that we were keeping the money ourselves. So it was such a short time, it was only like three weeks by the time we'd uh, more or less decided the concert was going on. And then we had the, the date set for Madison Square Garden, which was... Like the only available day that we had.
5: Mr. Harrison, with all of the enormous problems in the world, how did you happen to
0: choose this one to do something about? Because I was asked by a friend if I'd help, you know, that's a...
1: Um Following the Bangladesh Liberation War. <laughs> um, so, um, it was uh, two shows um two performances, one at 230 and another at eight. Um there was a live out at, at album uh that was released which was a big seller. Um it was a, a three record set and there was also a documentary
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh that was released as well so um but it included obviously George Ringo Bob Dylan Eric Clapton Billy Preston Leon Russell Badfinger again um yeah they uh between the the two concerts uh they were attended by 40,000 people um initial gate receipts raised close to $250,000 uh which was uh collected and then distributed by UNICEF Um, and unfortunately there were issues with the money that was raised from the album and the film because IRS was like, Yeah, you forgot to like check a box on a form somewhere. Oh, lovely. So they stuck it in an account and held on to it for like six years or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) though <laughs> so, uh, i mean at yeah.
3: least it gained interest but still man yeah
1: time for a so. new accountant yeah well and it's like you know george had no problems like getting like all of his famous friends together to to do this thing because they were like absolutely you know we'll, we're gonna do you know we'll do this thing you you just tell me when and where the issue even before they held the concert was getting all these different artists like uh uh record companies to agree to let them perform like their most famous songs and be recorded and put on an album that was released that was not on their label you
3: know <laughs> right and that the proceeds were going to go to
1: help yeah, yeah go to charity instead charity. of back to them yeah right it's yeah yeah, it's one thing to be
2: like oh yeah we'll come help it's another thing like you gotta get all the business legal stuff squared away otherwise yeah you run into a whole bunch of problems Uh like yeah like yeah this isn't just a jam session in your in your in your attic or whatever this is this is something a little bit bigger than that yeah
1: Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah. Um but although um thankfully it, it, thankfully some of the money made it to UNICEF before the IRS was like, eh, you put the brakes on it. Like 2 million dollars got out mm-hmm. to UNICEF to put out uh, but yeah, the rest of it sat in in these IRS accounts for like ten years, and eventually they got it straightened out, and the the eight point eight million <laughs> that had been sitting <laughs> finally got distributed. Uh, yeah, so they figured they figured by the time uh, by nineteen eighty five, with you know sales of of the album. Yeah, you know, with time and everything. It was close to twelve twelve million. Um so yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Twelve million dollars. That's that that that's that's not anything to sneeze at. So no. um so yeah. Um uh and of course, you know, George still working on solo work so 1973 he released living in the material world uh which hit number one on the billboard albums charts for five weeks it had the single give me love uh, which also reached number one in the u.s um and then uh in 74 he did a tour of north america which made him the first Ex Beatle to tour North America when he did the Dark Horse tour. Um, so <clears throat> excuse me, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a, th- it was a little <laughs> bit of turmoil there, but uh, you know, again, it's George, so he's yeah. just like, cool, man. Um, I guess that's what we're doing now. I okay. guess so, um when in doubt, go meditate, I guess' um, you know that'd been a big part of his of his of his life, you know he was you know obviously he was I- introduced to the music early on, but the rest of the culture it took him a while for you know for him to be like go and visit and get a first hand um you know experience um but uh yeah he he went to, to india for the first time in, in 1966 right before they did the recorded sergeant pepper um and that's where he met ravi uh shankar um and then that was him and patty and then the other beatles went um in 68 together um and as we know the some of them decided it wasn't really their 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 bag and went home uh-huh. <laughs> so but george was george was in his, his in his element um so um got him to stop taking lsd yep which i well, guess is a, a good thing yep. He became a vegetarian
4: you know, there is nothing that goes wrong with nature. Only what man does, then it goes wrong. But we are made of that thing. The very essence of our being, of every atom in our body, is made from this perfect knowledge, this perfect consciousness, but superimposed on that. I mean, we're getting really transcendental here, but well, to no, say can... that our our physical being is really... Um, on a very very subtle level it's just like the sap in a tree mm-hmm. is is the sap and it runs throughout all the parts of the tree now it's like that our bodies are manifesting into physical bodies but the cause of the sap is pure consciousness pure awareness and that is perfect and perfect knowledge but we have to tap into that to understand it you know as i say i realize i want to you know i just want more this isn't it this isn't it you know um, fame is not the goal, money, you know, although money is nice to have, it can buy you a bit of freedom, you know, you can go to the Bahamas when you want, but it doesn't, it's not the answer. And the answer, you know, is um, how to get peace of mind and how to be happy. That's really what we're supposed to be here for. And uh, the difficult thing is that we all go through our lives and through our days and we don't experience bliss and you know it's a very subtle thing and uh, to experience that and to be able to know how to do that is uh, something you don't just stumble across you've got to search for it and a bliss I mean where like every atom of your body is just buzzing you know because it's again it's beyond the mind it's like you know it's, it's when there's no thought involved that i mean it's it's a pretty tricky thing to try to um <clears throat> to get to that stage because it means controlling the mind and being able to transcend the relative states of consciousness
1: so well yeah, that's good so i i have linked in the show notes uh, a video i found on youtube of somebody put together with clips of george talking about like yeah, you know some of his thoughts on like life and death and how it relates to hinduism and buddhism and christianity and you know because i mean yeah for the most part i think george probably if he had to flat out ask him he would you know like pick a label he'd probably say he's a hindu would be my guess but mm-hmm. more than likely he would just be like you know i'm a product of the world hmm yeah because there's just so much that we don't understand about how the world works and all these things, so he's just he's just very like he was just very open minded about mm-hmm. learning about about different things and exploring and um you know discovering what's you know different experts have to say about things, you know whether religion or science or whatever um which is kind of kind of the the way he 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 does things so yeah there's a there's a you know he really loved things like gardening um you know he had a an English manor house uh that uh had a he filmed a lot of music videos actually um But he had a huge garden that he really loved. Um, He found a a form of escapism. He said, sometimes I feel like I'm actually on the wrong planet. It is great when I'm in my garden, but the minute I go out the gate, I think, what the hell am I doing here? (laughs) His autobiography was dedicated to gardeners everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. And I think he and Patty, or not Patty,
3: but him and Olivia got into a little bit of a competition, but not too much because she had her own little
1: garden area and so did George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although he did love race cars, he loved sports cars, had,
3: mm-hmm. specifically
1: race cars. He was one of the first 100 people to ever purchase a McLaren F1. Not surprised. Yep. So, uh, yeah you know, he uh he loved uh sports cars and motor racing so um, his uh his 1964 Aston Martin DB5 was sold at auction in 2011 and uh the, the person who won paid 350,000 pounds. Wow. What that and that change. Yeah, considering George had bought it brand new in 1965. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a cool looking car. I mean, it's not my style, but uh, you know, it was apparently a a, a Beatles fan from Texas that Really, really wanted it, so, um, so they only they expected it to go for about two hundred thousand pounds. So, <laughs> so no word on what George would have original uh-huh. what the sticker price would have been for it in nineteen sixty five when when George bought it new. So, right, I imagine quite a, uh, a bit less.
3: Yeah, um, I- I'm just thinking the and the price to sh- to ship
1: said car to. Oof. Texas. Yeah, yeah. To the new owner. Yeah. Ouch. So, well, and, yeah, and a lot of times, you know, the... Uh, usually what... With those types of auctions, yeah, you, know, you got the person, you know, uh, we got this price, you know, we got 200, we got three, we got blah, 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 you know, they're like sold for whatever. That's not actually what the person ends up paying,
3: because yep. the
1: auction house will stick on a, a percentage to cover Ooh. their costs and then uh money needs to go to the person who's selling it you know whoever owned the object in this case presumably olivia uh <laughs> so uh so yeah. <laughs> when the when the gavel hits and they said hold whatever or sold whatever price is up there is not what usually the person who end, who won ends up paying. They end up paying quite a bit more. Um so <clears throat> uh-huh. But uh so but uh yeah uh but yeah, so he uh, he uh you know that that marriage broke up but, but then he married Olivia um you know had a son who is a carbon copy of his father oh, as far as looks yes
3: it's oh, almost yes. scary oh yeah because my college friend and i when we saw the picture of danny and compared it to george we're just like holy crap yeah if was it wasn't for the fact are. that
1: we knew that george <clears throat> was alive when danny was born you'd almost think he had been reincarnated oh no kidding <laughs> yes yeah it's 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 every i see you know danny he'll pop up on things every now and then i'm like it's almost kind of scary how much you look like your father yeah so i'll do a double take i'm just like wait a minute is that yeah it's like are we is is that george or is that danny Danny? (laughs) (laughs) who are we looking at here yes so um but he, he's he's talented though. He is. Oh yeah. Danny is a very talented guitarist. Yep. Um. As as well. He he ended up. Uh. You know. He played at uh, the concert for George. You know the Moral yes. concert, which we'll get to that. Because um, mm-hmm. that is a. Uh, that's a hoot and a holler. Um, oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But. Uh, Uh, And also, uh, you know, while George is, you know, doing all these other things, you know, he's working on various other uh, projects. He'd become uh, good friends with the guys of Monty Python.
3: Oh, yes. (laughs) And
1: um, he ended up creating uh, Handmade Films uh, production company, um, which... uh, uh he helped produce the the concert for Bangladesh film. Um and uh most of what was produced with handmade films was is not anything you'd probably know the name of and a lot of it wasn't really that successful. But he did help bankroll and produce Monty Python's Life of Brian. Oh yes. Yeah. Mhm. along with a number of other artists actually yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. oh, the yes. python the pythons were the 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 films we got from the pythons were very much because of the relationships that they had created with other people yes um you know mm-hmm. and it was people like george harrison and um Yeah, other, other a lot of British artists that were huge Python fans from the TV show that when the Pythons started going into film, they're like, I want to be part of this. We'll help you. How (laughs) How much much you need. Yeah, how much you need. need. (laughs) So,
3: You know, I read your book, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. And I guess I'm curious about trying to put down words to a legacy and what that experience was like for you.
5: Well, it's one of the nice things to do as you get older. But it's kind of interesting to start writing, and then there were things I was avoiding, like I couldn't write about Robin because I couldn't. Robin I, realized, I couldn't accept the fact he was dead, and I'd been in denial for a long time. But I thought, well, I've got to. He was such a great friend, and so such a remarkable, brilliant man. I must write about him because I know him. I knew him very. You know, we were good pals from 1980, and I went through so many three wives, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so many good times with him, that it's it's good to get, and I met, I'd met so many great people, and I thought, well, I should write about them now, because you don't, when you're going out with Bowie, and say, I was out with Bowie and give an interview, you know, but right. now, people are interested, and they don't realize that he was really funny, and he loved to laugh, and nothing made him happier than making him laugh, and, so it humanizes people rather than you know, putting them on pedestals yeah it makes them human which we are
3: <laughs> oddly <laughs> well that's the funny thing i think i took from your book is i mean there's a whole chapter on george harrison and and there's this ironic situation where it seems like you learned a lot about humanity and kindness from a beetle yep. or or about uh, about how to take the simple things more seriously and not not put so much stock into fame or, or accomplishments. And, and you learn that from arguably the most famous person in the world.
5: Well, he knew that because they'd been the most famous person in the world. He said, well, you know, we're still gonna die. Uh, so he goes, yeah, he said, fame, you know, it doesn't give you anything, you're gonna die. So he'd been preparing from about the time I met him, he just, you know, to die. And I was with him at the end. So he was quite calm about dying. And, that's just a remarkable, the whole, his whole influence was remarkable. I was fortunate that he was kind of a guru to me. I mean, he was a pal. Yeah. He got drunk. we did all sorts of wicked, naughty things and had a ball. But he was always saying, well, don't forget, you're going to die. I think these sort of good people encourage people to remember you're just here now. And, you know, maybe hit by the bus on the way out. So just make sure that you're living exactly to the fullest as you can every single moment and that's i think very useful help and especially if you're in the confusion of show business where people think you're something that you're not and admire you for things you probably aren't (laughs) responsible for i I think it's a very important and i i think comedy helps that too it breaks down that sense of self-importance and taking yourself seriously and uh but yeah he was he was he was remarkable influence on me
3: can i get a cameo
1: <laughs> yeah i mean george george mortgaged his home yes to help pay for life of brian yeah eric idol called it the most anybody's ever paid for a cinema ticket in history yeah <sighs> yeah so yeah <laughs> pre-kickstarter days <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. So but yeah, uh handmade films, uh yeah, they helped keep British cinema kinda of going in the eighties when there was a recession. Um mm-hmm. but um but yeah, they uh after so many box office bombs, they just kind of like it folded. Um so it ended up folding in nineteen ninety one and then was sold uh to a Canadian corporation. So um but uh and, and George was also doing a lot of humanitarian work, not just the, the, the concert for Bangladesh, but um, you know, he worked with like Greenpeace and um you know, he helped uh support uh, organizations that helped out like Romanian orphans, um yeah, that that sort of that sort of thing so um but the 80s were around the corner and uh you know things things were things were looking up Mm -hmm. um uh although unfortunately the 80s started with john's death yeah um (sighs) which george had for a long time been concerned about stalkers yeah um, that's gonna come back around oh um, yes mm-hmm. yeah. and it was uh, as, uh specifically for George while legend has it that Paul and John were back to talking sort of before John died George and John had not really been in touch oh, so John died before he and george could kind of potentially mend fences Uh, um so that that hurt so he actually (laughs) ended up um changing the lyrics to his song all those years ago Mm -hmm. um to um be more of a tribute to John and Paul right. and Linda. Paul and Linda actually sing vocals and, and Ringo does drums on that song, so. Cool. So, yeah. Um, and then he released Gontropo in 1982, yeah. which mm-hmm. didn't do very well. It was just kind of a blip. It was, it was the thing he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he didn't release any albums for like five years after that, but he was... He was flitting around doing all sorts of things. He did uh he did a, a performance at a tribute to Carl Perkins. Yep. Um he did uh made an appearance at the uh Birmingham Heartbeat Charity Concert to raise money for Birmingham Children's Hospital. Um he appeared at the Prince's Trust Concert in London at Wembley. Um he did uh, a two-hour performance, uh blues performance at the Taj Mahal. <laughs> um so um He kept busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kept busy. Um and he released uh at 87 he released the album Cloud Nine, which did go platinum. Uh-huh. Yep. Um co-produced with Jeff Lynn of ELO. Uh-huh.
3: Oh yeah. Um, I mean you can you can tell Jeff Lynne helped. He, you yep. can, yeah he has a yep. sound it's like yeah <laughs> and that
1: that contains the song i got my mind got my mindset on you
3: yep and a little bit of trivia for that music video angel fans blinking you miss the person who is dancing is not george it no is actually a, it is actually a young alex denisoff who played wesley in angel That's him oh. dancing
1: yeah yeah no no offense to george but i don't think george was doing uh any sort of uh yep. hip shaking yep. like that even at, yep. even in the early mid to yeah. mid 80s yep. so it, it yep that the thing is uh, that is one of those songs mm-hmm. that like i remember hearing on the radio yep and was not making the connection that that is George Harrison of the Beatles because it's like so different. Yep. I mean it's it's a very poppy song. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a mix like of
3: like ELO and Beatles.
1: Boom. Yeah. So you it, it's wild. Yeah. Once I realized that, that that was like, no, this is a George Harrison song. I'm like, wait, really? What? Who? <laughs> that george uh-huh. from, from the beatles are you sure uh <laughs> the tar plane george <laughs> are you sure <laughs> so i guess that george <laughs> Mm-hmm. so it's such a fun song though i love it oh it is um mm-hmm. it is like it, the, the title is got my mind set on you as many you know is i think a lot of people the mandela effect they put i at the beginning of that right like Mm -hmm. i got my mindset it's like no there's no i it's got my mindset on you Mm -hmm. and it's hilarious because i believe it's on off the deep end the weird al album he has a it's one of those parodies where he is poking fun at the thing he's parroting edits this song is just six words long yes Mm -hmm.
0: this song is just six words long this song come to my child
1: oh yeah <laughs> and it's all about uh, how he could about how he couldn't find any more lyrics yeah and <laughs> that's going through my head right now rachel thank you yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it oh, oh my and then late 80s early 90s i'm so excited we finally get to talk about oh, these me guys too, me too the super group that we didn't know that the we super group a that a al- lot like uh, who uh, what was it like i think maybe it was during the pandemic somebody had posted something uh-huh. i don't remember how we got there and i posted like one of the traveling wilburys music videos uh-huh. were like handled me with care or something Handle like that care. end of the line, so, yeah, cause of line piece something piece. Like yeah because i end the line something like that and Sean, God love him, Sean had no idea that this group existed. He did not know he, that this was kidding. a thing. Sean. No. Oh, buddy, 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 buddy. But granted. <laughs> They were only around for a handful of years and only ever released two albums, but still. Right, because of Roy's
3: passing, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, and it, uh, again, I will have in the show notes, there's this documentary that I found on YouTube oh, that you can watch. It's an awesome documentary, if I if it's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, talking about how they were just like, uh, you know, whoever was... That was hanging out with George, and George was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go in the studio tomorrow and just see kind of what happens." And it just kind of snowballed from there, and we suddenly have this group called the Traveling Wilburys with Jeff Lynne, which I don't know why I can never remember Jeff Lynne's name. Yeah, like, the guy I with the can always curly see hair. his face. <laughs> I can always see his face when I'm thinking about the guys in the Traveling Wilburys. I'm like George, Tom, Roy, Bob, the other guy with the curly hair, whose name I can't think of. Uh, I don't know why I can never remember Jeff Lynn's name. So Jeff Lynne from Yellow, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty.
3: Yes. Roy Orbison.
1: Petty. Yes. Bob Dylan and George mm-hmm. Harrison. Yes. Yeah. So and, and I mean this somewhat uh, came from the fact that Jeff Lynne had worked with George on on Cloud Nine. Yes. Um, so, and but each- yeah, it was just one of those. Wacky things that they just like hung out and jammed, and they're like, mm-hmm. This is kind of a cool thing, let's do it. And so, they recorded their Ooh. first album, Traveling Wilburys Volume One. One, yep. And then, uh, you know, they continued to do their thing, and then, uh, Roy Arbison died, right. and then they released their second album, Traveling Wilburys Volume Three.
3: Right, two has never seen light
1: of. Oh, they did that, they did that on purpose just to confuse yep. people. Yep. There there is no volume two. Nope. <laughs> nope.
3: And each of the each of the band members had their own Wilbury name. Yes. Nelson was George. Otis was Jeff. Mm-hmm. Lesky was Roy. Mm-hmm. Charlie P was Petty. And mm-hmm. Lucky was Dylan. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah so uh yeah it's uh it it was a short short lived thing but it is so cool and uh, the, some of the music some, is just like there's so, so many good. good like hand, yeah like handle me with care is yeah you know, a a great song yep um you know you've got uh yeah you know, they did that that first album um and yeah you because know, bob dylan was a little busy because he was getting ready to go on tour and so was roy yep. um mm-hmm. so um they just they did what they could and then yep. they we're like hey we got an album let's release it and they ended yep. it ended up winning a grammy yep uh, <laughs> I,
3: mean, I mean my so
4: favorite
3: best,
1: best rock performance by Gruber
3: duro so yep i mean my favorites handle with care end of the line heading for the, end light. Of the line yeah yeah end of the the last night is yeah <laughs> that's a who i mean that's a story that you can just see
1: <laughs>
3: yeah i mean some on. of it
1: some of it is like there there's some storytelling songs in there mm-hmm. like you listen to the uh uh, listen if you actually pay attention to the lyrics you're like you're kind of like what the <laughs> yeah. hell is going on here there, there, yeah I back yeah. at the bar she went a little too far and yeah, she... yeah. <laughs> I asked her to be my wife
0: she pulled out life. a knife <laughs> yeah, yeah an ambulance rolled up a straight super close behind Took his gun away and messed up his mind. The undercover cop was lift, tied up to a tree. Near the souvenir stand by the old abandoned factory. The next day the undercover cop was a hot in pursuit. He was taking the whole thing personal, he didn't care about the loot. Janet told him many times it was you to me who taught. In Jersey, anything's legal as long as you don't get caught. the walls came down, all the way to hell. Never saw them when they're standing. Never saw them when they fell.
2: What rhymes with all this? Yeah. 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 this, this This
1: is.
3: this is kind of like what would happen if a D and D song, a D and D campaign,
1: got put you up a <laughs> little bit. Almost, yeah, a little bit because it's got long. a little bit. It got, it has a little bit of everything in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, if you could get your hands on a copy of the actual album, oh we'll yeah, liner notes yeah. were written by uh-huh. Michael Palin. Yep, of Muddy Python. Uh
3: huh. Yeah, I mean, seriously, if you haven't listened to the Traveling Wilburys stuff, it is, it's worth the listen, there'll be stuff you'll go on repeat. Yeah. And there's stuff you're like, oh, yeah, that one's most definitely a Bob song, that one's most definitely a Jeff Lynne mm-hmm. song, and then there's ones that are all of them. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you do happen to check out the music video for the Wilbury Twist? Yes, that is John Candy
1: <laughs> hopping around
3: <Yep>. the room. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and thankfully they were able to release uh you know the the songs that they did have even though Roy died suddenly of a heart attack in eighty yeah. eight. Um, mm-hmm. but he had they had recordings of him, so they were able to do uh, complete things like End of the Line. Yeah, um, with that the vocals that video- he had recorded. Yeah, with the rocking chair, empty rocking chair, yeah.
3: Tearing up yeah, teared up one. Yeah, that first ad I was like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so um and then the they they did uh they released their second album, which is volume three. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) um and uh, once again, working around touring schedules and availability, um, you know, Bob Dylan was on the road, and <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, they they dedicated it to Roy as as Lefty, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't do as well as the first one, but um, you yeah. know for for those that that like the group you know it's it's a must listen to um the the album the the liner notes for that one were written by eric Idle. <laughs> so um right yeah yeah uh you're obviously never happened yeah, obviously it never happened, but at some point later they there's a skit and George shows up and he's like, I want my money and, and Lauren Michaels is like, No, it was for all of you. He's <laughs> like, Can I just have some of it? <laughs> so.
2: Like, I can't control the other guys, but I'm here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um So, um, which uh you know, by the late nineties, unfortunately uh george's health was not the best um he was diagnosed with throat cancer Mm -hmm. in 97 um he got radiotherapy which at the time was thought to be successful he was a a chain smoker like they all were um just a product of the of the of the time that they grew up in you know Mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s just everybody smoked like chimneys yeah um so uh that did not stop him from still doing you know, popping up everywhere, you know, uh, you know, occasionally. Um he represented the Beatles at a London High Court uh in their bid to gain control of um author uh unauthorized recordings made of a nineteen sixty two performance by the band at the Star Club at Hamburg. Mm. Uh, which they did win that. Um, and then he also went around helping promote the reissue of, uh, Yellow Submarine, their, their cartoon film. Uh, so, but you may or may not be hearing commentary on, on drunk cinema in the next <laughs> few weeks, maybe, <laughs> possibly. spoilers uh (laughs) i will know what to be keeping out the lookout for yeah uh uh, and then uh right after christmas 1999 george and olivia's house was broken into yeah uh, by a man named michael abram he was 34 at the time he was suffering from a psychotic break essentially he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia um and was having an episode broke into their house and attached attacked george with a kitchen knife yep stabbing him 40 times
3: uh-huh yeah um, i can
1: read
3: i can remember cnn breaking in with this news that he had yeah. been attacked
1: it was just yeah. like
3: holy
1: mm. yeah uh, olivia was actually the one to stop him beating him with a fireplace poker and a lamp. Good for her. So Go Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, George, obviously he survived. Uh, He said, he said later, I felt, I felt exhausted. I could feel the strength draining from me. I vividly remember a deliberate thrust to my chest. I could hear my lung exhaling. It had blood in my mouth. I believe I'd been fatally stabbed. Um, He was hospitalized, obviously with more than 40 stab wounds and he had part of a uh, lung removed that had been punctured. Mm-hmm. Um, but he released a statement afterwards saying he wasn't a burglar, and he certainly wasn't auditioning for the Traveling Wilberries. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Adi, Sh- uh, Adi Shankara, an Indian historical, spiritual, and groovy type person, once said, "Life is fragile like a raindrop on a lotus leaf. You better and you'd better believe it." Which, I mean, if that just does not sum up George Harrison's like, yeah, right? Life,
4: like, mm-hmm. like I said,
1: he just like all of this shit. He's happening. He's just like that's life, okay. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah. so keep yeah. keep on keep it um, on <laughs> yeah his his attacker did get uh uh put in a, a mental institution but was released um in uh 2002 um and he also made released a statement he said if i could turn back the clock i would get anything not to have done what i did in attacking george harrison looking back on it now Come to understand that I was at the time not in control of my actions. I can only hope the Harrison family might somehow find in their hearts to accept my apologies. So. Which. I mean, it's good he's remorseful. We can't say the same mm-hmm. thing about John Lennon's killer, unfortunately. Oh,
3: yeah. No kidding.
1: Yeah. So. Um, but, uh. But, yeah. Um. But uh, in the i I'm assuming in the process of when George was hospitalized and being treated for these injuries, that's when they discovered his cancer had returned. That's what I would be my guess, or or Uh the process of follow up care from that imaging. Yeah, at some point, Uh probably found that his cancer had returned. Um. He had a surgery to remove a cancerous growth on one of his lungs in May 2001. Um, in July, it was reported he was being treated for a brain tumor in a clinic in Switzerland. Um, apparently, Ringo visited him... Um. Uh, while he was there but unfortunately could not stay very long because Ringo's own daughter was having emergency brain surgery so oh, Ringo wow. had to rush off to Boston but George uh, being George asked Ringo do you want me to come with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure uh,
3: let me just hi uh, you from Switzerland to Boston <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure your doctors will clear that and we're just you know, we're just gonna go on a on a little road trip here. Across yeah. The
1: Atlantic. Uh the so George himself went to New York City to Staten Island University Hospital to get radiotherapy uh for non-small cell lung cancer that spread to his brain. Um and then he went back to California um where he and olivia lived uh uh stayed at until he died on the 29th of november 2001 at the age of 58 um so
3: i can still uh, remember finding out when he passed i was in college i the night before i happened to have it on bh1 and mm -hmm when I turned it on in the morning they were showing George music videos I'm like what in the heck and then at, at the bottom they scrolled across and was like oh man and then probably not a half hour later my dad calls and it's like did you hear the news I'm like yeah mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah I yeah, I remember that too it was like I mean it was fall 2001 so you know no points for guessing what else everybody was mm-hmm. kind of dealing with Um mm-hmm. But it was just sort of like, oh, well, I guess, you know, one more thing we're going to kind of have to process while we're here. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. So. I mean, like, my dad was like, yeah, he'd been sick and stuff, but like it still sucks.
3: Yeah. It sucks and it was still a shock, too. It was just like, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, 58's not...
3: Old.
1: no no no! <laughs> so it's really like, not yeah yeah just cancer's a bitch as yeah mother is to it uh, so. mm-hmm.
3: absolutely, yeah yeah big middle finger to cancer
1: <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely
1: uh, yeah so but he did he uh yeah you know, he he knew what was coming so he you mm-hmm. know olivia was there danny was there Ravi shankar um and shankar's wife were there and daughter um so they were there with him he even uh passed on a final message uh that olivia and danny uh passed on for him everything else can wait but the search for god cannot wait and love one another um he was cremated at the hollywood forever Cerem- Cemetery. And then his funeral was held at the Self-Realization Fellowship Lake Shrine in Pacific Palisades, California. Um, his ashes were scattered according to Hindu tradition in a private ceremony along the Ganges and Yumana rivers in India. Um, and then his last album, Brainwash, was released posthumously. hmm Um so um but then they did do the uh the concert for George mm-hmm. you know, after that was after, awesome after his um his passing um so uh which I remember watching <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: oh uh, yeah um that was held in uh two thousand two, so almost one year to the day uh from from george's passing uh held at the royal albert hall in london um eric clapton was the musical director and all the profits went to the material world charitable foundation um which he created in 1973 um and of course you know there's a mix of uh traditional indian music and invocation yeah. and, and chanting um the uh there are performances by the guys from potty python including sit yes. on my face with um, tom hanks in and, and then they do the lum- they do the lumberjack song with a mm-hmm. you got to look for him but yeah tom hanks is in there uh so um, and then you know, pretty much anybody and everybody who George was friends with during his life performed yep. Beatles songs, George's, you know, solo work, you know, some of their uh other uh solo works that you know were uh you know appropriate. You know, Paul and Ringo uh were there, of course, Danny, Eric Clapton, Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. Yep, <laughs> Billy <laughs> Preston joe brown Rick cooper you know uh yeah uh, all, just anybody and everything you know they did you know songs like give me love and if i needed someone and tax man yeah handle with care yep which had this all the surviving traveling well except for bob dylan yep. um you know ringo did photograph and honey don't yep. uh paul did all things must pass Paul and Eric Clapton did something, um, which Paul still does as a tribute to yep. George in his own shows on ukulele, which George mm-hmm. taught him how to play. Yep. Uh, so, if you can
3: track down the concert video, it is completely worth your
1: while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did release with- it on, on on on. There's a the the audio recording on CD, and then there is a DVD. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then the, actually, a Blu-ray version was released in 2011. So, huh,
3: interesting. The CD is split into two. The I think the first disc, if memory serves, has all the Hindu instrumental stuff. Mm-hmm. Disc two has all the concert, yeah, mainstay good mainstream disc, recognizable stuff. stuff. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. But uh yeah. That is cool. uh this is of course, you know, all the Beatles were appointed members of the Order of the British Empire mm-hmm. in 1965, uh, from Her Majesty the Queen. Um they they won an Academy Award for Best Original Song Score for the film Let It Be. Um A minor planet was discovered in 1984 that was named after him. Uh, 4149 Harrison. Uh, There's also a variety of the Dahlia that's named after him. Um, In 1982, he was the first recipient of the Billboard Century Award, which is uh, presented to music artists for significant bodies of work. Um... He's recognized Harrison's critical role in laying the groundwork for the modern concept of world music and for his having advanced society's comprehension of the spiritual and altruistic power of popular music. Uh, he's number 11 on Rolling Stone's list of 100 greatest guitarists of all time. He's number 65 on the list of 100 greatest songwriters of all time. It okay. could be a little higher in my opinion, but I'm not going <laughs> to argue. Yep. He was uh, uh, posthumously inducted in the Rock World Hall of Fame as a solo artist in 2004. Of course, the Beatles are in the Rock Hall as a group. Yep. Um, yeah. He got his star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2009, uh, which Paul, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty were there, along with Olivia and Tom Hanks and Eric Idle. <laughs> Uh Martin Scorsese directed a, a documentary called George Harrison Living in the Material World which was released in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um and then he was posthumously honored with the Recording Academy's Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys in 2015. Oh. And very cool. Yeah. Olivia still is his representative mm-hmm. or. Beatles related things like when they had um them get together for when the Cirque du Soleil show opened Mm -hmm. uh yeah Olivia was his his uh there in his place so um but yeah that's that is the life of George Harrison quite the uh Quite the life, to right? To say. I mean, yes, even yeah. just being part of the Beatles, you could just be like, yeah. "Dude, that was crazy that that yeah. period mm-hmm. of my life." But mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of, the stuff he did post yeah. Beatles is just. I mean, they all you know dabbled in this, that, and the other thing. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually we're going to talk about we're going to give Ringo his his his, his, his moment due. as mm-hmm. as okay. as well, and of course we're going to have to talk about the fact <laughs> that he was Mister Conductor, yeah. Uh, for thomas the tank engine there yeah Uh, Mm yeah so (laughs) you
2: know oh it's like
1: they all did a little something a little wild in their post-beatle career so Mm -hmm. but you know it's like you know they all had their their solo careers and uh and the like but uh Yeah. yeah george was just he was George. I mean, there's, there's yeah. just kind of like, how do you sum Expl- up George yeah. George Harrison, you know? Just it's just like, George. He was just George. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they call him the quiet one for a, re- a reason. It's not like he was quiet because he was like necessarily like shy or being like standoffish or anything. I think he was just very observant. I think that that's yes. why he was so quiet is he was just busy yeah. taking everything in. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head, Rachel. I think that's,
3: yeah, I think that's what it was.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. He's 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 no longer here. You know, can, cancer sucks mm-hmm. big time. Um. And, uh, but you know, thankfully you know his 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 family you know like i said olivia mm-hmm. is is doing a good job and and danny although danny does yep. have his own career too mm-hmm. um but you know they they're both doing a very good job of of keeping george's memory alive uh, oh, yeah. you know paul is is doing that too like i said he always mm-hmm. um you know it's about the middle of his shows um is when he does his tributes to both George and John um and he um he uh plays something on the ukulele uh because that was one George's his, George's absolute favorite instrument mm-hmm. and uh two it's it's an instrument that George taught uh, Paul how to play All right. So you know he had he'd been visiting George and uh I think I, I think George had gone to like Hawaii or something.
4: And that like, oh, could let be. Me show you this.
1: Yeah, George George was like, let me show you this this thing I got. You know, and mm-hmm. showed him this, showed him this ukulele picked up on like Hawaii or something, and then taught Paul how to play it. And so uh so that's that's something that, that Paul does in all of his shows, which is is very touching. Cool. it's very touching because he he does it essentially acoustically it's just him on the ukulele Mm
2: -hmm.
1: singing something so so yeah good old George Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I think that's a pretty good tribute to the man oh yes Mm -hmm. anybody else has something they want to say nope well, if uh, any of our listeners want to chime in with their thoughts on the career of George Harrison or any of the Beatles or, I mean, we're going to get to Ringo. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, like we said, but uh, yeah. So if you want to chime in with uh, your thoughts, you can send us feedback. Our email address is five at fangirls at com. You can also visit our website, which is the five ish com. And that has links to all of our social media and other places that you can leave comments, um, just interact with us, follow us, and uh, you know uh, and you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and you know leave us a review if you would be so kind and however Yeah, you we know, also have Patreon and all that. And however you want to support us, that's amazing. We thank you for your support, your listening, your Whatever it is that you do, and it's really cool that you're out there uh, checking us out. What we're what we've got going. So, take care and and all that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep. All right.
1: So, with that, I guess we shall uh, sign off for. This week
2: this is Brittany Davis
1: saying goodnight.
2: This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City.
1: This is Sally from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I will leave you with what is uh, supposedly George's very last words and I think they're whether they were or not. He said this at some point and I think it's rather appropriate No matter who you are, where you are, what's going on, love one another. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's all right. Riding around in the breeze. well it's
1: all thank you for listening to the Five Ish Fangirls. Please visit the for details on how to further support the show along with information on our nonprofit fangirls give back we love our five-ish fam and appreciate all of your feedback shares and encouragement remember to keep letting your geek flag
0: fly wait for the phone to ring At the end of the line. waiting for someone to tell you everything At the end of the line, of the line. sit around and wonder what tomorrow will do Maybe a diamond ring. Well, it's all right, even if they say you're wrong. Happy to feel that At the end of the fire, and It don't matter if you're by my side